It's The Rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Okay, ASU football is tentatively back on the schedule. I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. They have a game Saturday night, Sun Devil Stadium against UCLA. We are joined now on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line by Chris Cartman of Sun Devil Source. Uh, Chris, first of all, thanks for the time. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? It was good, yes. It was very different than normal, right? Because there's normally it's just right in the middle of ASU football, usually the uh, Territorial Cup week. And uh, so there's so much going on, and this week there wasn't as much going on, so I was able to spend a little more time with some family, and uh, you know, but I, I really would have rather been covering football. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Let's uh, well, we appreciate the honesty on the show here. Um, let's start with the game on Saturday. We've heard Herm say he's pretty confident that there will be one, and it, all signs are pointing that there should be one, but. I guess we're just hesitant because now we've gone three weeks without an ASU game, but where's your confidence level we see Sun Devils and, and Bruins this uh, this Saturday? Well, it's pretty high pending some unexpected development, which always could happen with new cases on either team. They all have to go through the testing uh, process before they travel and then when they arrive. Uh, but really, ASU hasn't had um, you know more significant problems uh, really for about two weeks. It's just if they had played maybe a day or two later against Utah, I think they would have been able to get all their heart testing done um, with the players coming off of COVID, and that would have enabled them to play. Mm. Uh, two guys that it doesn't sound like they're going to play. I mean, I guess technically they're, they're just suspended indefinitely. We don't know for sure they won't play against UCLA at all. But Jack Jones and Ashari Crosswell, I, you know, they're, they're, everybody's saying it's not a legal thing, but specifically with Jack Jones, I mean, how do you replace him after how good he looked against USC? Definitely it's a hit, and it's also a hit for Jones because people view him as somebody with a checkered past, and so you have to really stay clean in terms of not getting in trouble even within your own team. Uh, And that's all that it was. It was just team conduct related from what I understand, but they probably won't play against UCLA. I don't know that there's been a final decision that's been made. Uh, I will say that Tamarcus Davis stepped up and did quite well uh, against USC when Jones was dealing with the, the persistent cramping that he had, and also Jordan Clark uh, as a nickel corner in his first real action as a Sun Devil in, a, in playing a lot uh, also really looked good. So I think their secondary has solid pieces. UCLA has not really been a potent passing attack, so I think they should be all right. Uh, just on, on on a human level, I mean, ASU hasn't played since November 7th. The game on Saturday, that, that marks December 5th. I mean, UCLA has been playing, and UCLA hasn't looked that bad. Just as, as far as just trying to get back out there and get into a routine, do you think it'll affect the Sun Devils more on offense or defense? Or, I mean, how are they going to handle that? I'm not really sure. That's a good question. I do totally agree that that is their biggest challenge, both from a just a fitness level, and then also just a sharpness standpoint. Uh, I wouldn't expect you know teams to take a couple weeks off, not be practicing, and then come back and execute uh, or have the same you know level of durability or stamina that you normally w- would have. So uh, I think those are both issues. Maybe a little bit more for the offense, just because they already were working through just incorporating new players and they, they and haven't had a lot of game speed opportunities to do that at. Uh, the defense is a lot more of a veteran group. 
Uh, they will have played against the UCLA offense before and all that. So I would say more so the, the offense, but I can see it on both sides. Talking to Chris Cartman of Sun Devil Source, Chris, we, we've seen like guys like Chase Lucas and Chip Trainum over the last couple of weeks tweeting out that they just want to play football and this is why they're here. And, and Jaden Daniels tweeted it out a lot during, uh, during the Pac-12's hiatus while they, like the SEC and the ACC were playing. I mean, do you have a sense from the players that there's just a relief to get back out there? Has there been frustration at all? Or how do you feel the team is just mentally? Yeah, there's definitely a range of emotions uh, from a lot of frustration. Uh, people that didn't want to try to play earlier in the year, uh, that the Pac-12 didn't decide to go that route. Then you have guys who are just trying to really stay positive. And, uh, you know, like Zach Hill said today, you only can really control what you can control. Worrying about a lot of the other stuff is uh, doesn't have a lot of ultimate value to you. Um, so I, it's been interesting. You know, we haven't talked to that many players. Not that many have been made available so far this week. Um, I'm interested to see just kind of what their mood is like. I, I think they're going to be really energized personally coming off a frustrating loss to USC, the way that that game ended, their expectations for themselves. I think that this, this is a, the type of a team that's uh, going to be really ready to go, at least from an emotional standpoint. You know, specifically with that game against UCLA, it sounds like Demetric Felton is going to be able to play. He's been an absolute monster for UCLA this season, former receiver, now they're, uh, they're running back. I mean, just as far as on the field, within the game, how do you expect ASU to be able to contain him? Right, so you remember, Luke, last year, it was Josh Kelly who had a monster rushing performance against ASU mm-hmm. in what was probably ASU's worst uh, game of the year, I would say, by far. And um, so that's a concern that they have. It's different running back, but it's still the same offense, the same types of plays that they're going to see. Um, I, I would imagine that that's also motivating for them, right? I, I personally think a lot of that was – uh, just guys not being, uh, just having that readiness, not being as sharp going into that game, understanding what they're trying to do, maybe not being quite as physical, getting out physical. Uh, so that that's also something that I I think is going to be probably the biggest determining factor. UCLA's passing offense, as I said earlier, not that great. Uh, so I would say on the defensive side, that's the whole key. If they can bottle up something, which is going to be really tough to do, obviously, but I think that they have the types of athletes where it's at least possible to have a pretty good game against the Bruins. That, that to me is one of the absolute keys. You know, big picture, talking to Chris Cartman of Sun Devil Source, do you, do you expect recruiting to be impacted negatively by any of you know, the Pac-12 starting late and then ASU only getting to play one game? Or you know, if it, even if it's not negative, does ASU have a, a different plan going forward? Or do they have to change anything with, with everything that's happened this year? Well, there was a trend in the last few years of some of the really elite recruits leaving the West and especially California to go to other places in the country, specifically, uh, you know, play in the SEC or play for Clemson and maybe Ohio State. And, and so that's already sort of on the radar of a lot of people. And now you have the Pac-12, you know, starting later, not maybe just getting nearly as many games in as other places that could lead to people questioning the seriousness of Pac-12 football. So broadly, I think that's definitely a concern. For ASU, um, my, you know, just talking to a lot of recruits and family members and high school coaches, there, there were some guys that really wanted to see ASU play a few times to get a sense of things, especially 
um, you know, some of the offense, what's the changes that are, that are going in place. And then you have, you know, moving from a three, three, five with Danny Gonzalez to what they're doing now with the four, three under, under Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce uh, and Jackson dart, the quarterback uh, four-star rated guy uh, out of Utah. I know he was waiting to see if he played a little bit more before making a decision. So it, it would have been better for ASU to have been uh, already three or four games into the season right now uh, and, and be able to sell that. But, you know, if they're able to get a game or two here, I think it will still be able to have a lot of the similar type of value on some of these kids that are still outstanding. Uh, Chris, last one for you. I know you, you cover basketball here as well. We, we got to see Bobby Hurley's group a couple times over the Thanksgiving uh, weekend and then on Sunday against Houston Baptist. I, just your initial reaction or your initial uh, impressions, I should say, uh, of Josh Christopher, who in the Villanova game in the first half, I don't know, he looked like a guy that at some point the season's going to go off for 40 points. I know that's asking a lot, but the upside is, is very evident with him. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, during the, the telecast, I, I really think that you could see him at one point saying to Alonzo Verge, just let me go, let me go, meaning that he felt like he was ready or capable of taking over that game even more than he did. And that's saying a lot because uh, James Harden and Ike Thiago neither had uh, more than uh, the 28 points that Josh Christopher had in that game against a top five team in the country at the time. So uh, I, I think it looks really smooth. He has the, he has the mid-range game. Uh, he finished at the rim with a really good body control. Um, he had the, the and one three. I mean, this guy is a, a three-level scorer, physically ready to play at the NBA level. You know, in talking to some people at the NBA level, actually, they were saying that had Josh Christopher been in this year's NBA draft, which is a little bit weaker than what's expected next year, he would have been a candidate to be a top five pick. In fact, some people were saying that it's not clearly discernible whether uh, Anthony Edwards or Josh Christopher is a better long-term prospect, given that they're one-year difference. Uh, you know, what, what, would, what would be where Christopher's at in a year, let's say, right? So I, I just think that that's a very fascinating sort of conversation because ASU conceivably has a guy playing college basketball this year that already would have been maybe a top-five pick in the NBA draft. Wow, and he certainly looked like it in the Villanova game. Chris Cartman of Sun Devil Source, always great insight. Thanks for the time, and, and hopefully you have have a game to enjoy on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Luke.